Welcome to No Green Eggs and Ham, a podcast about nothing and everything. It's not a show where we take jabs at the infamous Dr. Seuss, but where we dive into topics like art, weird inventions, pop culture, and anything having to do with cubby-wubby womb room tea. So throw on some clothes. Grab a coffee and ignore your responsibilities as you listen to the Just OK Sounds with your host, me, Sam I Am. Here we go. The second leg of our trip in Italy was to Siena. But the main reason we wanted to go there was because our daughter was named after the city. My wife found the history of Siena fascinating, and in particular, the Siena Cathedral. I mean, she's a visual artist. She loves art, and Siena's known for art and and sculptures. And I mean, you have people coming out of there like uh, Duccio and Bartolomeo. The Siena Cathedral, at uh, one time hosted the Roman Orthodox Marian Church. And it's spelled exactly the same way that her name is spelled, which is odd because you can't find that spelling of that name um, often. It's, it's usually with an O and not an A. So that mixed with all the art history within it and how beautiful the cathedral was, she said, hey, let's name our daughter Sienna. I liked it. So ever since then, it's been a goal of ours to go. And I was able to go, and it was interesting, while we're in the Tuscan region, which is where Siena's located, all the roads have signs that lead to Siena. Everywhere you go, there's always, like, this far to Siena. It's, it's funny, because the, the saying is, all roads lead to Rome. But when you're in Tuscany, all roads lead to Siena. Siena, when we got there, we parked in this area. It's, it's a hill city. It's actually a hill fortress. It was a fortified city. So Siena's somewhat big, not not huge, but the central city is surrounded by a big wall. We parked outside of the main city, because that's where you have to park. And when you're looking over to Siena, it's so picturesque. It's a it's a city in a hill. And in between where you park and the city itself is this massive ravine. So you can see how, you know, overtaking the city was gonna be a challenge. It had been sacked a couple times, but it, it took months and months of, of battle to, to actually do so. And I think it's because of this, the way it was fortified and the way it was positioned within the mountain or the hilltop, whatever it is. We first went into this really old church. And this was my first experience with a church in Italy. I've never been to a super old church. And when you walk in, I mean, the outside was just brick. It wasn't anything stunning in comparison to all the churches I saw after that. You walk inside and you see some artwork. Uh, some of it's you know, missing pieces because it was actually done into the facade of the, of the walls. And I, I kept looking. I was just in awe of everything around me, looking at the, the medieval stained glass. And you can tell the difference between the centuries and when the stained glass was actually made because it was very archaic. The further back in time you go, 
the less detailed the works in the stained glass are. But it's still gorgeous. And the deep, deep colors were still very rich. And I'm looking around and I'm taking my time and my aunt was like, what are, what are you doing? I said, I've never seen a church in Italy before. I'm, I'm looking around. She's like, this is nothing in comparison to what you're going to see later. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, just wait. I wanted to take the time to soak it in. She's like, there's so much more we have to see because um, we're only going to be here for a couple hours. And trust me, this is not the pinnacle of churches. So I said, okay. So we go into the city. It's winding roads. There's very hilly roads, very small roads. There's cobblestones. There's little little brick roads. It's it's beautiful. Siena was very clean. I noticed that. It was a very clean area. They had a lot of people. I mean, it's a highly touristed area. But there's also intermixed with all the people that live there. You know, it's a they have a population of like 50,000 people. And you can tell the the tourists from the people that live there. So we're walking through the streets and we're on our way to the the main uh, palazzo. And before we enter the main entrance where people are coming in and out, we stop at this little tiny shop that sells gelato. And this was my first experience with gelato in Italy. Real gelato. And it was the best. Siena is where I had the best gelato. And maybe it was the whole, this is the first one I ever had, so it's obviously going to be the best. I don't know. We had gelato a lot in Italy, and this, by far, was my favorite. I had a dolce de leche on a cone. It was sublime. So we get that, and then we head into the pazza, the campo. And this is where they have, in this little palazzo, it's a like a sweeping arc. They have horse races twice a year. Which, if you're looking at it, it's like, how do they do that? You know, and when they have these horse races, they pack all the people, all the spectators, into the middle. And then the horses are around. They go around the area. And it's like, how do people not get trampled? But it's been happening for centuries, so obviously they figured it out. And we're walking around. We look at the fountains. We look at the outside of the museum, which is where the tower is and... You know, we didn't go into the museum itself. We went inside the little area where this is like this little bricked-in courtyard. And if you look straight up, there's open sky. It was it was really neat. And you get to look at some of the the artwork on the outside, like the carvings and the sculptures and stuff like that. But we didn't go into the inside because we wanted to go to the cathedral. We had a slice of pizza, and then we headed over to the main attraction, which was Siena Cathedral. This is by far one of the most stunning pieces that I've seen. The outside is absolutely gorgeous. Look it up, Siena Cathedral. As beautiful as it looks in pictures, it fails in comparison to actually standing in front of it. It was just a sight to behold. I called my wife from that spot because this is where we always wanted to go. And I, I told her it was everything that you wanted it to be. And we hadn't even gone inside yet. So the, the city of Siena itself was supposedly, there's, there's tales all throughout the history of Italy. And the tale of the founding of Siena, history believes that the sons of Remus, who was the brother of Romulus, who was the founder of Rome, um, his sons, Senius and uh, Ascius, fled Rome after their father was killed by Romulus and went to this area where Siena is now. And they brought with them the statue of a wolf 
suckling two babies who are supposed to be the two brothers. Don't know if that's true, but that's the story. And if you look around, you see this represented in a lot of the the works of art and, and even in the the architecture of the city is the wolf with the two cubs, which are children. The story also says that the two rode into this area, one on a white horse and one on a black. And so the colors of the city and on the, the emblem for the city or the shield is white over black. And so the cathedral actually is white and black. And if you look around the city, a lot of the architecture and a lot of the, the, the stonework and everything are mixtures of white and black. So you, you're looking on the, on the outside and it looks like a, a bejeweled, like it doesn't look real. It doesn't look real. It's incredible. The detail of the craftsmanship. I mean, this is something that took, you know, what, a hundred years to create. And there were several prolific artists and sculptors like Donatello was one of the sculptors that worked on some of the, the pieces of the church itself. And when you walk inside, again, take a look at some of the pictures. There's, there's tile work, there's marble, there's mosaic everywhere. You look at the floor. I remember looking at the floor and when you're looking at it, when you're standing on top of it, it just looks like patterns. But when you go up to one of the other levels, if you take the tour, you can look down and you see all these scenes depicted inside of the floor. And they did it in a way that looks like it's in 3D. It's amazing the talent of these people who created this centuries ago. And almost like they looked into the future of what things would be like. 3D. It was unbelievable. I remember looking at all the, the woodwork, um, all, of the, all of the benches where you would have the cardinals and the, I don't know, the dignitaries that would be visiting or whatever, all the priests would sit in and they're all carved very ornately. And it looks like they're all carved out of like one piece of a block of wood. Obviously, they're probably not, but it, it was beautiful. And the church is very big in comparison to anything I've seen uh, before then. And you have a lot of these churches, you would have areas where some priests or even popes were buried under the church. And you'd have little monuments to them or statues or even paintings, depending on where you were and who the person was. And there was, I think, at least one there. You just saw the stone slab that was on top of their coffin. So we took the tour, um, which was definitely worth it. If you go to this church, definitely take the tour because you get to go through some of the um, the areas where they actually did some of the planning for this uh, cathedral. And what happened was they were going to add an addition to this um, somewhere in the 1500s, but the plague ended up befalling the city, and you know they wiped out a lot of their population, and there was no funding. So they had started this big project to expand it, but it never, never took off. But in one of the staging areas that were with inside the church itself, but on the upper floors and on the outside of the main cathedral, you see where they were actually working at the time, where they actually carved and sculpted. And then on the walls were the drawings of the ideas of the architecture of the sculptures done by the original artists and they're behind glass so you can't touch it but they're very detailed 
and the clarity is amazing. So we got to see all of that and see the different tools that they worked with in the 13th and 14th century. And, and when you go into the higher area, you get to actually walk across the top of the cathedral and you get to see up into the ceiling closer because most of these churches had really tall, tall ceilings. But even in the tall ceilings, you had artwork, whether it's mosaics or paintings. This one had some marble and some gold and you get to see all the details when you're close up from far, from afar. You know that there's work up there and you can see it as a grand scheme, but you don't know the level of detail until you actually get up there. And there's stained glass, probably one of the most beautiful stained glass that I had seen in Italy was in Siena in that church. The stone steps in these small little spiral staircases going up to the different levels, they're very narrow. You can only fit, like you can't sit side by side with somebody. And looking at the steps, you see all the little chisel marks to make those out of stone. And I wanted to just sit there and admire those steps, but you have people behind you and people in front of you. You can't just sit there and, and look at it. There's no way for them to go around you, so you have to keep walking. But every once in a while, you take a, a glance and, and you look, that, look outside out of these very thin, narrow openings, and you get to see the city around you. And then we go to the very top, and you get to go outside, and you walk around this area around the outside, and you you can basically almost get a 360 degree view of the surrounding area and the city itself. It was gorgeous. And my aunt was right. It, this, the first church that we saw in Siena was nothing in comparison to this one. And before I knew it, I realized that even the majestic Siena Cathedral was nothing compared to what Florence and Rome had to offer. So we only spent a couple hours in Siena there's other things you could do. There was museums, and there was, like I said, there was seven other churches you can go to. We we did see part of the museum that was attached to uh, the Siena Cathedral, and you get to see some of the stuff that old priests and popes and kings and stuff used to have. Uh, very old Bibles, old paintings that used to be inside where the um, the main priest or cardinal or whatever it was his sanctuary and you saw where they would dine and this beautiful it actually is a gift shop now it's the most beautiful gift shop i've ever seen because it's it's where they used to dine it's all art it's the whole thing is just artwork high ceilings with sconces made out of marble and there's gold leaf everywhere and there's cherubs everywhere it, it was gorgeous we got to see this little um town hall event happen in, inside this museum and people leaning against statues and stuff. Tourists are, are walking in and out of this area while they're having this meeting, and you know the tourists can't touch anything, but here you are looking at the people that actually live in the city, just next to the artwork, leaning up against it as if it wasn't even there. You know, and the, They have great pride. Like every area, every province, every city has great pride for their particular city and their province. But the artwork is just, it's just there, you know, it's just a part of their lives. For us, it was like, how could you even touch that? And I think if we were outsiders touching it, I, I think we would have been shunned out. So we walked around the rest of the city just for a little bit, you know, hit some shops, and uh, I, I got a couple gifts for my wife and my daughter, and, you know, little things that said Siena, and little um, paintings of the cathedral itself. And I enjoyed... 
um, just being there. We got to be there at sunset. And I, I took this picture of this alleyway that was actually a hill going straight down. And it was positioned in a way that the sun reflected off the walls and made everything orange and beautiful. And I took that picture, and maybe I'll put it up on my website so you can see it. But it's the, one of the best pictures I've ever taken. And it was the perfect cap to that day of what Siena was and what the beauty and the art was. It was that sunset. And I can't wait to go back. And if you ever have the chance, please go and visit Siena. Thank you for listening to No Green Eggs and Ham. Editing is by Yovino Consulting in Glencove, New York. Producers for the show are me, myself, and I. The theme song is written and performed by Donnie Ronaldo. On a guitar that I gave him. Because I don't know how to play. If you reach this far in the show, please take an additional few seconds to leave us a review on whatever app you're using to listen to us ramble on about nothing and share the podcast with your friends. See you, not see you, next time.